All righty. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for episode 45 of Cage Side Combos. I'm Rick Huntsman. And this is Quince. We're coming to you guys tonight from Tunes 92.5. Uh, we have a very special guest this week. But first, we're going to give a quick shout out to Tunes. And uh, always let us use the space, man. Being a yeah, <laughs> sweet swag, right? Yeah, and that's yeah, a perk yeah. of the job, isn't it? Sure, one of them. One of them. Uh, so. Yeah, no, I'm just getting out of work now, so it's super convenient to be able yeah. to come here, use the space. Uh, Tunes does a great job uh, reaching out and, uh, you know, just interacting with the community and uh, doing what they can, uh, utilizing the platform in uh, such positive ways such as this. Yeah, so absolutely. big shout out to Tunes. Um, you can catch them at 92.5 or um, online. They've got a free streaming site at uh, www.tunes925live.com. Check it out. And we'll put, as always, the link for that right in the comments on the YouTube section or sure. in the uh, description of the episode. Uh, so with no further ado, we present Coach Bobby King uh, coming to us from Coa Kingdom out in Layton, Utah. Bobby, how are you, sir? Doing good, sir. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Um, I know we, we tried to get linked up a couple weeks ago in life. Life got a little bit crazy as things do, um, but I'm uh, definitely super excited for the opportunity to sit down and, and chat for a little bit. Yeah, same here. Thank you. So, um, yeah, uh, for those who are, who are listening that don't know you, Bobby, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, yeah, my name is Bobby King. I train out of uh, Layton, Utah, out of my gym called Koa Kingdom. I'm a, I have a professional record of eight and three. Hoping to make it to the big time, right? Train with some some of the top guys out here and uh, out in Colorado as well. Get Sensei Dwayne, yourself. Um, yeah, so just trying to make it, man. Coming here, living it, coaching, working, training. Yeah, yeah. Living the dream. Not, not always an easy task to do all of those things at the same time. Very true. I know uh, we'll get this one right out of the way. Uh, a couple weeks ago, you were supposed to have a, a pretty big fight, man. And it was, what, the, the week where you were into your weight cut, right? The week of the yeah. fight when you found out it was canceled? I literally had five pounds left. I was walking in the gym to lose a couple more pounds before the weigh-ins and uh, got the call and was like, man, we, we tried everything to keep the fight going. But yeah. fortunately, due to COVID, uh, we have to cancel the fight. Man. So I was super bummed. I was ready. I've never felt better. I was up in Colorado every weekend training with Sensei and all the guys out there. And it felt so good, you know. Yeah. Plus, I was fighting Steven Seiler, and he's, he's been around. He's been at UFC, the PFL. Yeah. So I was excited to fight someone of that caliber and put on a show with them, you know. Yeah. Man, that's, that's rough, dude. Um, so you said you're five pounds out. How much, how much weight do you usually cut when you fight? Um, about 30 pounds. Oh, <laughs> oh, dude. I lose some wow. weight, yeah. 30 but, pounds. Well, you must have eased into it because you don't, you don't cut all that weight the week off, do you? Oh, no, no, for sure. I, I, cut, I cut a good amount, you know, um, probably a month out. And so the week of, I'll probably lose 15 pounds. So it's not too bad, to be honest. Too bad, yeah. There's yeah. some people listening. I know that sounds crazy as shit. But uh, if, you, uh, if you're water loading and stuff like that properly, 15 pounds isn't too bad. Um, yeah, but I easy. Mean, dude, for you, you're a pretty shredded guy all the time. I mean, even 30 pounds heavier, you're in pretty good shape. So that's uh, that's some pretty serious commitment there to uh, to shedding that weight. Yeah, definitely took a lot, but it was fun. I love to do it. Yeah, it's part of this, right? Yeah, part of it. 
So when we're talking about preparation before a fight, so on a day <clears> you train, uh, you coach and you do these things, but when you've got the fight uh, up on your calendar, uh, how far out are we talking? Do you get it? You know, does it take you to get into that fight mode? Um, um, a good, you know, 10 to 12 uh, weeks, I would say. I start, because it's always the first month or so. It's like a start, a slow start, right? Yeah. Especially if you haven't fought in a while, you just kind of start to get back in the rhythm. But a good eight weeks of camp is like hard, yeah. solid training, you know, getting, getting into the rhythm of, um, I start training at the time I will fight. And also uh, start uh, creating a game plan with my coaches, my teammates. And then from there, just working on the cardio, being crisp and being just good all around, right? Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling, striking, all that stuff. So it takes a lot for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially in MMA, man, it's um, not, it's not only each art individually. You know, it's not just boxing. It's not just kickboxing. It's not just wrestling. But you also have to know how to bridge the gaps between them, especially as the sport, you know, has evolved to what it is. You know, it's not, you know, MMA is almost its own own discipline you know? oh yeah for sure yeah yeah like when when it first came out it was like you're a karate guy and that's all you did jiu-jitsu guy that's all you did and boxing same thing right and and i think that's why jiu-jitsu was so uh successful in the beginning because nobody knew about it and they were just out there tapping guys out and they're like yeah. Dude, what is this right so but yeah now everyone knows it like they've been training since they were kids all of it jiu-jitsu kickboxing like i train a bunch of kids in here you know, and they're five and six-year-olds, and they know how to do arm locks, and they know how to strike into takedowns. It's like, dude, I wish I knew how to do that when I was five. Yeah, you know? yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. I like um, I like uh, listen to Sensei Ludwig talk about his his philosophy on fighting. He's like, fighting's fighting. You know what I mean? If in a no, you know, in a no rules situation, fighting is fighting. Oh, Hold on, coach. Sorry. Yeah, we got it, man. <laughs> Gotta hit the sensei. <laughs> um. You got, bored, got bored of the conversation so quick, you just shut the lights <laughs> off and peace out. Right. <laughs> All right. Fuck. <laughs> um, you you you're good. You're good, man. They're, they're green, uh, green conscious out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think that it's awesome, man, to, um, to see kids just, you know, having that mentality right out of the gate of, you know, if, if you're training, you're training, you know, yeah, you can just do jujitsu. You have to know, you know, what's going to happen if I get punched in the face or if you're standing up boxing, what do you do if somebody grabs a hold of you, you know, set yeah. a fight, a fight's a fight, you know? And um, so, yeah, definitely getting that in kids' minds earlier rather than later, but you know, then their thirties sure. trying to figure that shit out as they stumble through life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One more thing to add to the plate, right? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, so what is like, um, I mean, it's crazy to me to think about, uh, you're talking about the multiple uh, mixed martial arts. And so not only are you refining uh, each of those skills of your own, but I would imagine there's um, a large portion of time that's spent um, kind of learning your opponent and uh, what, they, what styles they prefer, what hand they are, you know, um, things that they might do. So um, what's, what's kind of the split there? You, you, you got to train yourself, get your cardio up, but also, uh, I don't want to say, uh, do you have to cater to their style, but certainly you want to try and stay ahead of their style. Yeah. You know, I learned this in, in, uh, one of my fights. I, uh, 
I and actually Sensei Dwayne told me about it. Like mind your own business, right? Like mind you, do what you're gonna do. Don't worry about them. Um, so I had a fight. I think I fought Fabio, and I, I remember, and I know, like in my heart, that I, I should have won that fight. I should have been better. Um, but I remember just worrying about what he was gonna do the whole fight, right? Because he's such a good jiu-jitsu black belt, and he's strong, and I know he's good all around. He's been fighting fighting for a long time. And I remember thinking before the fight, I was like, okay, I gotta watch out what he's gonna do for this and that. And I just was worried about what he was gonna do. Instead, I, so I didn't focus on what I should have done and what I should do, right? So after that fight, I took a turn. I came back to the drawing board and I let my coaches figure out what I need to do. And then from there, we just trained that, but train it in a way where it's, I'm being the aggressor or I'm being, I'm, leading the dance in a sense versus having to worry about what he's going to do to counter you know what i mean so i think as far as how much that goes i, I don't even worry about it anymore yeah. i just do my thing i train i'm going to do what i'm going to do and then i train for all of it so that way whatever happens i'm ready for it and then again i just let my coaches watch the watch the tapes and i'll watch it a few times and whatnot with them right we'll come up with a game plan and then without necessarily saying this is what they're doing we just train it and do it right yeah. sure I, I, and I think that's really good advice as far as focusing on what you do and how you do it and how you could be better at it. Um, yeah. But also that takes a lot of trust, you know, with the people you keep around you, with your coaches, um, and their understanding of um, your ability, the other person's ability, and how they're going to link up in the ring. Um, and you've got to trust that their, uh, you know, their skills in that sense are going to put you in the best light, uh, best foot forward. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree, man. I think Joe Rogan said it best, right? Like the, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the relationship between coach and an athlete has to be on point. And if you're not 100% sure about your coach, mm -hmm. you, you can't trust what he says, right? Like I'm in the cage and if he says something, I trust that he sees something I don't. And so I do it, you know? Yeah. I think it was that one, my last fight, I had a, I did the one one body and my coach right before I went out literally just said, whatever you do in this round, the first thing you're going to do is the one body. And I listened to him, went in, boom, bing. Oh, yeah. Night okay, night. Dude, four was, seconds into the second round or third, second or third, third round. Was it? Third round, yeah. yeah. Third round. Yeah. I looked I, down, after dude. that, Sensei Ludwig, he renamed it the one body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Um, that, uh, so trust in your training. I'm going to see if I can get this on, on the camera yeah. real quick. I don't know. There it is. That's coming through clean or not, but uh, right on the back of your right on the back of your fight shirts, you guys had printed up. Man, trust your training. I think that is, it's it's such a critical mm -hmm. such a critical thing, man. Um, I think uh, the episode where uh, Coach Whitman and Justin Gagey were on there after his on uh, Joe Rogan's, um, they mm -hmm. were talking a lot about that. I know I know Coach Whitman spends a lot of time with Justin, and they're um, same thing you're saying about your coaches. They you know emulated that. And obviously, I mean there's you know, there's layers to this, you know, you're, you're on your way up, but I mean, Justin Gagey's at, at the top, you know, he just had a, a title fight against Khabib, you know what I mean? And it's, but it's the same thing all the way from the bottom to the top is how important that relationship is, you know, I agree. building that trust, not only in your coaches, but in, in yourself that you did, like you said, you felt the best you've ever felt going into this. You have to trust in your preparation and, and that you did what your coaches asked of you. And then when they tell you what to do, it's going to be there, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like you could, you could have all the skills in the world, but without your training and without trusting that you put everything in, you can go in there and not have your cardio and you can't do anything. Right. So I think definitely if you train hard enough outside of the cage, when you step in, 
there's no worries, right? Absolutely. The doubts go away because you put in the cage or in the on the mats, in the ring or whatever, you know? Yeah, the, the fight's the fun part. Once that yeah. cage door shuts, man, it's all fun from there, man. You don't have to worry about anything. It's just, it's playtime, you know? Yeah, hardest part's the weight cut. Once that's done. <laughs> yeah. Go. Oh, man, and that's, that's, a, that's what sucks so much. I mean, you got so close to being on weight. I had, um, so uh, a couple years ago, I was supposed to fight. It would have been my, my chance for an amateur MMA title fight, you know, and I was all excited because we were fighting right here in my hometown. And nice. through weigh-ins, I recovered. It was the night of the fight. The fight card started at six. We were the main event, you know, and I'm like, that's my little bit of small town glory, right? And uh, so I'm all excited. Everybody's there. My brother, you know, my brother came up from Virginia. My dad was up. Everybody was around. And uh, 5.30, the doc comes to me and he's like, Hey, I got to pull your opponent from the card. Dang. Broke a bone in his foot or something like that. The doctor was doing the pre-fight exam and wouldn't let him compete. That's right, man. Fuck man. And that, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it's disappointing, you know, but then yeah, sure. your fight was like, that's a real deal. I mean, that's professional level. That's your, it was a title fight, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. And that's, I, 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 I'm trying to, you know, empathize as much as I can, but that's, that's rough. So wait, so I guess to wrap up my long-winded fucking side story here, uh, what do you do? What do you do with that disappointment, man? Man, I literally walked in the gym and I trained, dude. I I went and got some food first. <laughs> <laughs> and then I legit just stepped on the mat and just trained like I was going for a fight. And, yeah. you know, I took the week off, kind of reflect on – the journey and that's, you know, I, I, nothing but positive vibes came from it for me. Like I was just like, yeah, I'm definitely disappointed in it, but dude, I've never had so much fun training. Like I literally would wake up and be like, dude, yeah, let's go, let's go train. Like I was stoked. I brought my coach out to see Sensei first time ever. He's, he's been out there and dude, I, like, he was even tripping on how much like I'd get up, train two, three times a day. And like every time I was ready to go train, I was like, boom, let's go. Like I was super stoked. And so, that was a different journey for me because a lot of times when I'm training, it's like, dude, I'm so beat. My body's wrecked and I'm not having fun. But for this, this fight, I was having so much fun, dude, all the time, everywhere. And so when I look back on it, as much as I was disappointed on the situation, I, I had so much fun and I felt like I, I, I grew, you know, I grew so much from that, that I, regardless of what happened, I still win, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, people talk about all the time, you know, it's not the destination, it's the journey. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and we, we've uh, even we've spoke about how you have to fall in love with the process itself. Uh, and it might look like work from an outside view, but to the person that said, you know, this is this is what we love to do. This is what we wake up to do. And it's so important, I think, for people to have that in their life. Not everybody's waking up like, oh, shit, yes, another morning, another chance to be better at filling the blank here. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we try and put out, uh, you know, on, on a regular but what was it about this uh, training session or, or this um, preparation? What was there a, a change in mindset from before? Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think I was I was fighting someone that I know was very very skilled, and and he, you know, it, it pushes you, right? You're like, dude, I want to go in there and get beat in front of my people. You know what I mean? And and I think there's a switch in that. There's just like. I don't know. I just needed to be better. And then as I was getting better, everything started clicking. I felt great. Like my punches were snapping. Jiu-jitsu was on point. I was catching people with random things. And my, my, I think it was more of my, my mind was open to everything. 
and I just accepted everything as is versus trying to find a path and stick to it, right? I just was like, anywhere the path took me, I'd just go and just ran with it, so. Awesome. Yeah. So, so it was the competition and uh, the skill level in Europe that's you rising to the occasion. Exactly, yes, sir. That's awesome. That's awesome. awesome. That's that, that uh, uh, perpetual flow state, mm. you know, because yeah. especially, you know, in martial arts, I mean, uh, Quince is a, a hip hop artist and uh, pretty talented in his own right, you know, and so every, everything we do, we talk a lot about flow, you know, and, and it's easy when you're performing your art to be in flow, when you're doing jujitsu, when you're training bang Muay Thai, you know what I mean? It's, it's easy to flow. And then, but sometimes it's also easy to lose that, like once you walk out of the dojo or once you leave the studio, once you're off stage, you know? But to be able to find that groove where you're just where you're just in flow state, where just every single moment of your life you're flowing, and you can actually recognize it, and you stay in that flow, man, that's yeah. it's such a it's such a beautiful thing to be able to experience, man, and and for you to be able to spend a whole fight camp that way, that's so that's so awesome. Yeah, dude, I agree. I couldn't agree more, man. It was awesome, and that's like a high in itself, right? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. As soon as I was done after the week, I got took the week off. I'm like, let's get back to training. Let's go, you know? Like, yeah. I just want to keep going. I just want that euphoric feeling the whole time. Yeah, so, man. yeah. You chase, you chase that high now. It's an addiction. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. let's do it again. So, uh, often with music, and uh, I'll stick with hip-hop artists, um, you know, you can make art and you can make music in your own little vacuum uh, for a certain amount of time, you know, but, but it's not an infinite amount of time. And uh, every once in a while, you need to get out of your comfort zone. Uh, you need to, uh, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about beef, but I'm talking about real genuine competition, you know, linking up with people that might be better than you in certain ways uh, that you can learn from, that help you to raise uh, your work ethic. Uh, you know, I get a good chance, you know, there are people like, you know, CK, you yeah. know, or your brother, yeah. people in the area here that I could kind of turn to that I know are busting their ass every day. So if I feel like I'm in a low um, or just going through the same patterns, you know, I'm like, oh, well, what are they doing? You know, how are they doing it? We'll go and we'll, you know, chat or freestyle for a little bit. And it helps. It just raises that energy up and things start to fall in like puzzle pieces. Um, Cause you get boosted to that next, that next level. You know what I mean? You, you get out of that plateau that you've been in. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I like to travel to train and I'll train wherever, man. I train with the guys that pay out here and I fought a lot of your guys like Ramsey and them, like their guys. And so it, it, it definitely elevates me because I'll, you know, I know they're better. I know they've been in the big leagues. And so it's like, let's go, man. You got to step up, rise to the occasion. Like you said, for sure. Absolutely. I would, uh, I'll, I'll train with uh, Rick and he's, he's way, he's way more skilled, man. I just try and get in there, uh, get the exercise. Uh, and the experience. And at first I'm like, all right, I'll fight Rick. He knows I'm not that good, so he'll take it easy on me. <laughs> and he doesn't take it easy on me. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, it, but then it brings that other side of me out a little bit that right. I didn't know that was sitting and waiting yeah. for it and that I wouldn't be able to experience if he um, didn't coach or train in that same way. So um, it's just cool how that type of stuff works. Uh, I, I was I did have a question uh, back a little bit ago uh, you were talking about you had a couple fights and you kind of got in your head about what the other guy was going to do and from that fight you learned to uh, trust your coaches more let them do their job and uh, fall back on that uh, how did that change your 
approach uh, as a coach uh, after that? As far as me coaching? Yes. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, uh, um, you know, like, I, I guess I'm always learning, right? I'm still learning as a coach. Um, I, I, I feel like I'm still more of a fighter than a coach, um, but I do have a lot of students out here. And I think from that, I, I learned how to uh, extract their, their natural flow versus trying to put a flow onto them. You know what I mean? So if, if a certain flow, say we do cross hook two and, and they're trying to do cross hook slip two or something, then, you know, I'll, I'll let that flow into their flow versus being like, no, no, this is the way to do it, you know? And so I try to get them to open their mind and let it flow as well. Even when we're doing like line drills and stuff, I'm like, just let it flow, let it, like feel it, you know, don't, don't be so robotic in the movement. Yeah. Feel the flow. You're here, right? It's a dojo. You find your way. Like, it's yeah. not just necessarily finding a way in the martial arts, but finding your way in life, you know? So, so many layers. That's um. Man, that like that that speaks to me in, in such a in such a relatable way, man. Because I, I can remember having those exact same realizations as a coach, and uh, you know I you know being martial artists ourselves, being fighters ourselves, and then also being coaches, you know we're we're learning in so many different facets. And I know um, actually very specifically this last time I went out to HQ over the summer, and uh, when you and I actually got to meet and then talk face to face for a little bit, um, but my training session out there, man, I just I knew. On the drive out there, I went, I, I emptied my cup on the way out there. I emptied my mind and I went out. I was able just to, to, to receive all this information. And that was one of the biggest things I got was just, was just feel it. Um, one of the things that Sensei said that stuck with me so much, he goes, I can show you how to do the movements and I can tell you how to do the movements, but at a certain point, you have to feel it for yourself. Mm -hmm. And being able to understand that and then being able to start feeling it myself and then understanding that that's the artistic part. Like you said, it's, you know, it's our dojo, you know, it's our path of self-discovery if we choose to, you know, pursue it that way, but just letting that flow happen. And then understanding how to translate that for your students too, I think is a, is a huge thing, you know, cause I can, I can say, feel the flow, but you have to convince them. You have to show them what flow is. You have to teach them what flow is without teaching them. You're telling them you're teaching them that, you know what I mean? Right. For sure. And, like the coolest thing, probably the most gratifying thing about coaching is when you, you actually see that click for somebody else. You're like, that's what it looks like. I felt, I felt that before, man. It's yeah. So it's so cool. It really is, man. So gratifying for sure. Absolutely. So uh, when did this passion for um, uh, mixed martial arts or uh, fighting begin for you? When did this journey begin? Man, this journey began since I was a little kid. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I'd watch, you know, who was it? Van Damme and what's the other guy's name? Obviously, Bruce Lee and all those guys, right? But Seagal. I just remember. <laughs> what's that? Steven Seagal? Steven Seagal. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, a bunch of those guys, right? Chuck Norris, all those guys. Like, I just remember <laughs> thinking I was a ninja, man. Like, all the time I was growing up as a kid. And, I, you know, I, um, I think I got into a lot of fights as kids as well. My, my parents finally put me into... It was Taekwondo when I was eight, um, and and uh, I loved it. Right? I loved to do it, whatever. But I remember sparring. We did like you know point sparring in, in Taekwondo, and my sensei was like, "Dude, I, I guess I went crazy." <laughs> like I tried to hit a kid in the face or something, and he's like, "So every time we sparred, 
he put me in the corner. He's like, nope, you got to control your anger. <laughs> so I had to sit in the corner and watch. After like two months of that, I told her, I'm like, nope, I'm doing this anymore. I didn't go to training to sit in the corner. And so she, then I found boxing. And then boxing was like where I could legit start punching people in the face and get punched <laughs> and challenge myself. Yeah. And it just took off from there, man. I just never looked back. I ran with it, did it every day. And everything that happened from that point on kind of led me to the path. Like, I, you know, I found my Muay Thai coach and then I found my MMA coach and it just all just trickled down from there. And I just kept going ever since. So started at a young age for me, for sure. And so you were, um, so when you were living in uh, Hawaii, I know um, I've seen little snippets here and there. Actually, most recently, um, if you guys are listening, go to his Instagram page and check this out because this is a great video where you threw the gasoline in the street, <laughs> you lit it on fire, and you were doing uh, um, the, I, I don't know exactly what I mean. Obviously, it was a, it was a dance, but uh, what's like the history of that? And what got you into, uh, I guess, I mean, that's Hawaiian warrior culture, right? The, yeah, yeah. Part it's of very, uh, so that was actually the Mari Haka. And, uh, you know, I did a lot as a kid. I was actually... I did the luau's growing up, and so I learned a lot of that stuff as well, right? Different dances for different cultures, like Samoans, uh, Tahitian, Hawaiian, uh, Maori, all that stuff. So that haka was actually the, the Maori haka that we do, and it just talks about, it's just a story about one of their men, one of their chiefs, I should say, and it, he was getting chased by a bunch of uh, other warriors, and, and it's essentially saying, Will I die? Will I die? Will I live? Will I live? Right? Kamate, kamate. But anyway, yeah, it, it's the Hawaiian culture, really. They, man, they, they're just really, they're just a warrior culture in general. So, yeah, like, growing yeah. up, man, we had to fight all the time. Yeah. You know, like, after school, we'd be like, oh, we're going to fight down here by the dirt road. And people would show <laughs> up, and we just, yeah. we fight and shake hands and then walk away, dude. So, yeah. like, that was part of life for us growing up. And so, when I, when I could do it without getting in trouble, I was like, oh. <laughs> Just do it. Now I can get paid. I'm like, even better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Gotta say, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's in your blood, man. It's, it's in your soul, you know? And I know yeah. uh, from having the, uh, the pleasure of, of sharing the mat space with you, man, you can definitely feel that when you, when you're training, you know, it's, it's part of who you are, you know, you're not just there to, to, you know, prove something or you got a chip on your shoulder or anything, but I mean, that's, that's your heart and soul, man. That's where you, you know, you belong. And it, uh, that energy emanates, man. It's easy to catch on to that. And I can see it. Um, even just watching you guys out at, at Koa, you know, just watching the, you know, Instagram and stuff like that. But I can see that energy out there, man. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch. And it's cool to know that's, you know, it's genuine too. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. I feel that for sure. Like I, I try to emanate that everything, everywhere I go and, you know, show the Aloha spirit to people and make sure people feel welcomed. Absolutely. But also like, yeah, once I get in the mats, dude, the world disappears for a minute. Yeah. yeah best part about it, you know? Yeah. No matter what's going on in my day, in my life, as soon as I get in the mats to train, like, everything just, and I'm just zoned in, loving life, and training, you know? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, when, you were, when you were chasing this path, when you were going on this path, um, did, you, did you foresee any of this sort of stuff? You talk about all the different uh, coaches that came into your life. Uh, the fact that you're now a coach yourself, you've got, you're sitting at your own gym. Um, did you, did you foresee this stuff or is it like all of a sudden you look back and this is, it, it, things just kind of line up, seem to line up in this way. 
I, yeah, I think it kind of just seemed to line up. I remember, I remember uh, talking about it a lot when I was a kid and uh, with my brother and a bunch of my cousins. And I remember saying like, man, you know, what would be the dream would be like, just be able to train all the time, you know, especially when we started working, right? We started working at like 16, 17, trying to make money because I wanted this and that. And I'm like, I try to go train and I'd have to go to work. So I remember thinking like, man, one day I want to own my own gym and be able to just train all day and coach and whatever. And, but yeah, it kind of just lined up all together, yeah. but I never foresaw it in, in a sense, you know, like I definitely spoke about it, but I didn't think it actually happened. Even when I was building the gym, I remember, I remember second guessing it and being like, it's surreal. Like this is really happening. He's like, I felt like something bad was going to happen because it, it shouldn't. Right. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if this is real. Like what if something happens? Like it's not going to work. Dude, it just kept coming, but like kept falling into place and just worked out for the best. So yeah, here I am now. Yeah. I, I think it's natural to, to have those doubts or to be, you know, anticipating uh, the worst or whatever's around the corner. But uh, it sounds like, um, more powerfully, you were speaking it into existence and you were manifesting it back then. And that was kind of heavier and more powerful than the doubts that you had by the sounds of it, man. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. For sure. I think uh, um, anytime you talk to someone who's, who is uh, successful, um, what, you know, whatever their definition of successful is, but anyone who is successful, once they get to that point, I think that a little bit of that imposter syndrome kind of sets in exactly what you're talking about. You're, you know, you're, you're building the gym and you're doing all the work and you did all the work that it took to get there. And I mean, yeah, there's a certain amount of luck and, and endless amounts of gratitude for the people around us and stuff. But really the reality is you have to wake up every single day and you make that decision. Mm -hmm. But still, once you get to that point, the first day you open your gym, you know, you're, do I deserve this? Yeah. Am I supposed to be here? Right. Um, sure. And I, I definitely think that's a necessary part of the process, though, too, is you, you have to have confidence in yourself. You can be humble as much as you want, but at the end of the day, you have to know that, yeah, you worked hard and you got to keep working hard to keep it. But you have to know that, you know, you're not an imposter. You're where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Yes, sir, man. And uh, so one kind of way – uh, kind of define success maybe a little bit while we're in this realm is for me, I look at taking passion and purpose and put them together. And that's where you get fulfillment. And I think having a day to day fulfilling life, I think that's success. I think that's being a successful human being. Right? And kind of to break that down a little bit more, the way I like to define passion is passions for us. Right? Passion is what we love to pursue. Purpose is for other people. It's what we give away. And then when you can unite those two things, that's when you find true fulfillment and true success in life. Um, do you feel like that formula is kind of, is true for you? Or do you have a different, you know, addition to that formula or, uh, you know, your own take on it? No, I think that hits it right on the nail. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, like I said, man, like training, right. As a kid and, um, I remember I, I didn't run with the, the best crew growing up. And so martial arts definitely uh, showed me a path that was better. And I agree with you on that. Like I, I, if I can change one kid's life through the process of the journey, 
then I think I'm successful in life. You know, I feel like I could help some kids or even adults, right? Help anyone in general. But if I could change someone's life, like they changed mine, then I'm definitely feeling successful at the end of the day for sure. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. that, that's absolutely beautiful. And uh, I think uh, I, I adhere to the kind of the Marcus Aurelius definition of life is that it's uh, every man's purpose to do good to other men, you know, and so it's, it's our purpose in life to help facilitate, you know, the enrichment of others. And uh, just to hear that echoed in so many people that I'm, I'm lucky enough to engage with, you know, uh, obviously, you know, Quince and I, you and I talk about that all the time, but to hear you say that and just see that emanated so much in the, in the circle that I find myself in, man, it, uh, it really fills me with a lot of gratitude. And it's just, it's amazing to see how, uh, so many other people are also, you know, feel compelled to act with that in, in mind, you know, and make just everybody's trying to make the world around them better, which yeah, I think the, the path reveals itself and you just constantly seek out. Yeah. The, the, the path reveals itself. And then, um, uh, it's the people that start to reveal themselves as well. Yeah. You know, once you get on that path, you start hearing and understanding conversations differently, uh, you know, for better or for worse. And then you start seeing people rise, you know, as you do the same. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when we're talking about gratitude um, and just knowing other people's journey, not, you know, like he and I, you know, we go through these flow states. We have, you know, these um, thoughts of success and constantly redefining them. Uh, as we go and we have different journeys, but we can speak very much the same uh, because they just have a similar energy to them. You know what I mean? And, and similar, um, uh, almost like disciplines and routines to them that we have to follow to maintain it. Uh, and so it's always a pleasure to get with, you know, to chat with someone else who is uh, bringing that same value uh, first and foremost to themselves, but then also to the community around. Uh, Rick was telling me you're very, uh, you know, uh, active within the community there. And even just, you know, having a gym and uh, being a coach and changing the lives of people uh, who are younger and, and these kids, um, you know, is, is a big deal. It's a big deal. So, sure. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. um, so uh, some, something interesting, I, I've been thinking about a lot lately, um, the more you and I kind of chat back and forth, uh, is the so obviously there's a culture of martial arts, right? And then each discipline, there's like jujitsu culture, there's Muay Thai culture and stuff. Uh, but I think Bang Muay Thai has its own kind of unique culture as well. Like the people that are affiliates, uh, you know, everybody that trains under Sensei Ludwig and stuff. And um, one of the coolest things I found is that uh, I don't think you and I ever really refer to each other by name without coach in front of it. It's either Coach Bobby or Coach Rick or just Coach, and that and that's how we that's how we talk to each other, and um, I think that uh, oddly enough, I man, I can't say this without sounding like a cult, but it is what it is. <laughs> once, once Sensei Ludwig calls you Coach, that's who you are. You know, like I go yeah. out to HQ and train, and I mean, there's, I am low dog on that ladder out there. You know what I mean? The the talent in that room is insane every single time you go, but you know, people that I, I barely know I've trained with a little bit and stuff, guys that are, are way better than me, have way more knowledge. They still call me coach because that's, you know, who I am. Since I Ludwig, you know, yeah. said, I, this is coach Rick from Watertown, New York. And everybody's like, all right, coach, that's who you are. You know, you're coach Bobby from, from Layton, Utah, but you're, you're coach now. And that's, that's who we become kind of in this culture, you know? Yeah, for sure. So what, I guess, what is that? 
what did that do for you kind of the first time that happened? What was the, the mental process or, or the feeling? Almost like, I guess, going back to like, you got to rise to the occasion, right? Like yeah. he's giving you this responsibility. He's giving you this opportunity to be a coach under him, right? So when he calls you coach, it's kind of scary, but also at the same time, you're like, yeah, like he gives you that confidence, you know, like, oh, you're the coach. You, you got to know your stuff yeah. and teach it and, you know, be about it, you know, in a sense. So I, and I do the same with my coaches, right? The co people are in here that are coaches, like, this is coach, it's coach Randy, coach Quinn, yeah. Corey, right? Like people know, like I hold them to a higher standard and they know as well when we're in the dojo, I expect more of you because you're my coach, right? Like if I get on your case, it's because I definitely expect more of you, right? And I feel like the same with Sensei. And that's why I try to travel out there a ton more and invest in him because he'll invest in you, right? So the more you invest in the system and, 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 and Sensei himself, he'll do the same for you, which I've definitely felt hundred percent you know yeah so I, I think it was awesome man once i heard me he called me coach i was like what because in the beginning i he actually couldn't he wasn't gonna let me affiliate because there was another affiliate down the road from me like three miles and i think there's like a seven mile claw or something like that oh, yeah yeah so the story was kind of weird it was like but i just kept showing up anyway i'm like whatever man like if i can't be an affiliate i love the system i love the style i'm gonna come out and train it and so i did for a long time and Finally, one day he's just like, "Yeah, yeah, hey, coach, you still want to be an affiliate?" It's like, "Let's go!" <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> big time. So, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, I I love that. The, um, the the way you, because I because I asked the question, I didn't really have an answer for myself. I wanted to hear what you said so I could I could piggyback off of that. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. Uh, when when someone like you know Sensei Ludwig gives you he, when he gives you that title, it's not necessarily just it's not a free pass to slack off. You know, it's all oh, I'm coach. I, you know, I can do whatever I want. It's a, it's a call to be better. You know, he's the bar is up here. I'm calling you coach now. Cause I know you can get to that level. You know, you're not there yet, but you, you can't get there. You know, and yeah, I, sure. every single time I hear that, or, you know, even having a conversation with someone like you, you call me coach. And every single time I, I hear that, I think inside me somewhere, I'm like, yes, I like, I got to keep pushing to be that. I got to earn that title. Every single time I hear it, I got to earn it. You know, yeah. myself so I can reinvest in my students. And then, so I'm worth investing in from those who want to mentor me and those who are willing to guide me, you know? Yeah. Well said coach. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, well said coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so uh, that's a, another one you hear uh, a lot, uh, especially, you know, you and I are, are chatting and a lot of times, um, you know, you can use it as an expression of gratitude and stuff like that. Uh, um, sensei has, uh, I know he likes to break down what it means and stuff like that, but, um, when for you, when did you adapt that into your vocabulary? And for those who are unfamiliar with the term, break that down for us a little bit. What is us to you? It's on the wall right there behind you and everything. Yeah. Us, uh, you know, life, life is hard, you know, and goes in literal term means to push, right. To push and endure. Right. And so when in training, we say us because we know we're training hard and we need to be training even harder and we're dying right in here and we need to endure the, through the pain to get better in life, right? So for me, that's kind of what it is in a sense. Like I, uh, I say it a lot, honestly. Yeah. And I, yeah, I adopted it from Sensei, right? Like I've always heard it all over like jujitsu and all that, but yeah. I never really took the, the meaning literal and 
figuratively until I met Sensei and he explained it to me, right? And, and saw it and felt it in the dojo. It's like a different feeling when you're in, in the HQ dojo. I don't know if anyone's ever been out there. You've been out there coaching. Yeah. When you're in there training and you feel that, oh, so everyone's like, you know, and we're dying, sweating. The mats are like literally slippery from sweat and everyone's training so hard. And like, you know, I literally dig down deep inside and like, dude, I gotta give me more, like, give me more, you know? And that's kind of what, what I feel from that us, you know? And every, when I'm in here in my dojo and they give me a weak ass us, like, oh, let's go. Like I get all nuts and like, no, let's do that again, you know? Yeah, yeah. Cause it feels, it seriously feeds my soul when I hear that. Like, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, uh, exactly. Like you said at HQ, you got 25 people packed on the mats and hosts and everybody you're like, yeah. yes, let's go, man. It's that yeah. every single time you hear it, it's that next burst to get those, get those reps, man, put more sweat on the mats. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, it changes the atmosphere for sure. Yeah. Oh, Remember, yeah. I'm all pumped up, man. <laughs> I gotta go, I gotta go get some reps in after this. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I remember the first a couple of times I went out to the dojo and I started training with Sensei and uh, and I knew I, like I would take two or three classes at a time, right? He has two three hour classes. And I remember training when it, my first hour and I knew I was gonna take the second class and he was like, and I was like kind of you know just going through the motions essentially and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, just you know saving some energy and, and he looked dead me in the eye and was like, for what? It's like. <laughs> And, and I was like, what do you mean for what? For the next class, right? And he's like, dude, you got to give everything you got, every rep, every every time. And that changed my mentality in training, you know, because then I did it the next time. And and no matter how tired I got, the time I heard the word os, I got energy. I got more to push. I got more to give. And so from that point on, I, like, adopted it and I just – just kept pushing every single rep, every single punch, every time. No matter how tired I was, I gave it my all. Even if it was a sloppy kick, it was everything I had at that moment. And, yeah. and that changed my way of thinking and way of training. So this is a huge part of my my life now. Yeah. Everywhere I go. So, yeah. I think that um uh that last little bit that you said is, is so beautiful because you said even if it's a sloppy kick. It's the best you had right then. It's 100% of whatever effort you have. And I think that's what a lot of people miss is when they, they come in and they say, we well, gotta give 100% every single day. There's some days where 100% effort is just showing up. And then whatever happens, happens. But it, you know, it doesn't have to be 100%. You, know, you don't have to set a record for how many punches you can throw in a minute every single day. You know? But your, your effort's gonna, gonna wane. It's gonna be up and down, man. The hills and valleys, you know, you can't have success without having defeat. And some days your 100% is just gonna be, it's just gonna be showing up, you know? Very true. That's your host for the day, you know, it's just, it's just making it happen. It's just making a one forward step, you know? Some days it's gonna be easy. Some days you're gonna crush it. Some days you're gonna kill it. And some, some, some days everything's gonna be perfect and crisp, but some days it's going to be some weak ass sloppy kick, but that was everything you had left in your, in your heart to give, man. And that's, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah man. So, ah, I'm pumped, man. Ah, awesome. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> uh, coach Bobby King, sir. Thank you so much for, uh, for spending the time man. for, for sitting down with us and chatting. Um, 
I had a blast. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll be able to join you out at HQ sometime. Um, me and the, me and the missus, we talk a lot about making it out to late and too. Um, she's falling in love with your, your cardio kickboxing classes that you got. Uh, you got the whole club vibe going in there with the lights dim and all kinds <laughs> of stuff, music playing. So, um, awesome vibe out there, uh, for anybody that's, that's tuning in. Um, if you guys want to check them out, uh, Cold Kingdom, they're super active on Instagram. Awesome vibe out there. Uh, coach Bobby King, you guys have an awesome looking program. Um, and it's wonderful to hear the story and see how much success you guys are having. And uh, hopefully it continues always forward. Thank you. Same to you guys, man. I appreciate, appreciate you guys having me on and yeah, I'm definitely pumped now, man. Like I yeah. appreciate you guys for giving me the vibes. And have a great weekend. All right. Awesome. You, you do the you same. Too. Pleasure, man. Thank you. Coach, thank you so much. Oh, oh.